All right, so I got I got two today um, for this week. So one is for you, Drake. You hit the nail on the head Monday, nine twenty seven. So I guess a couple weeks ago, but you know, we don't have a competent QB this year. Milton does have a noodle arm, and Travis doesn't carry improvements made in practice into games. I'm hoping Purdy or the IMG kid can deliver better play next season. Keep speaking the truth, Drake. I just can't get in the same boat with Max. LOL. T Don. Appreciate the five-star review. With that being said, since it was posted on September 28th, I think I've been a little vindicated in the Jordan Travis department, but the rest of the season remains to be seen. Uh, and then we got one for, for all of us. Congrats, five stars from Keith, 11464322. A lot of numbers. I'm proud of you guys. Like most of us, you step back, realized it isn't 2013, and reevaluated. Wins aren't going to wow anyone this year. We're climbing out of the gutter, and it ain't going to be pretty. The new metrics are things like show they care, play with some passion, play hard, be smart. Don't get pre-snap penalties. Show progress. That's all I need. Get freaking better so that I know in the future I'll be cheering on my winning FSU Seminoles. Hang in there, guys. Actually, the build is the really fun part. The anticipation, trust me, it's going to be fun as long as you temper early expectations. Thanks, Keith. Thanks, T-Don. And folks, make sure you leave five-star reviews and we'll review it. But hey, let's dive into the show, dude. Let's do this thing. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Locked on Seminoles. I'm your host, Max, and across the room, I've got Drizzy Drake Rogers. Y'all know him as Drake. Some of you know him as Andres. It just depends on who you are and at what point in your life you met my lovely co-host. First of all, thanks for making us your first listen on this Monday. There's a lot of places you could be, but you're here with us. Shout out to Jay-Z. We love having y'all. We're Florida State fans that like to talk about Florida State, and we get to do that on this platform because y'all keep coming back over and over again. Set a record for listens last week. Three weeks before that, we'd set a record. Set a record the week before that. It's incredible what's going on. But more incredible is what's happening on the field around college football. Not just Florida State. We'll get to them in a minute. But today, Drake, we're going to talk about the big win from the weekend. Last year, we talked about, actually in one of our first episodes on Knowles Anonymous, how we lost a bye week, which you didn't think you could do, but we did it. Today, we're going to talk about how we kind of just won a bye week. Florida and Miami both lost. Orgeron's out at LSU, which has Texas A&M in an absolute frenzy all over Twitter. And the ACC is wide open. So as we head into UMass, we're going to kind of talk about what all that looks like. And then, of course, we're going to talk about what we're thinking about FSU's uh, possible future now that we've gotten an even better look into what's going on around college football without being distracted by the emotions of just Florida State. But Drake, buddy, that was a lot. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Just chilling here on this late Sunday night, getting ready for I'm going to be going to a yeah, I'm gonna be going to Orlando for a day or two to see my little brother, um, hang out with him, see him how he's doing and everything else. But I'm good. I'm ready to go. I'm excited to talk about some FSU football. 
Dude, I am always excited to talk about football. In fact, it's like top one of one activities I like to do. Moves coming up, got all that going on, but ready to rock and roll about football. So let's dive in. How did we win this bye week? Well, number one, Florida and Miami both lost this week, both at the last second, both the teams they really both should have beat. I, I will say UNC beating Miami doesn't surprise me that much. Florida losing to LSU with LSU being absent 20 scholarship players is just, there's no reason for it. And it should tell you, because this is what we'll get to in a second, how bad of a loss it was that the winning team's head coach fired him immediately after the game. Yep. They had absolutely no, there's no other way to put it. They had absolutely no business to lose to a team that had 20 plus scholarship athletes out. Now you have Dan Mullen who can't capitalize on this. He actually, it were recruits actually that LSU had brought in to see that some of them actually were committed to Florida at the time. And now they had a first hand look to see, wow, Dan Mullen. Now we see why he can't recruit so well. And also, it's kind of like last year, too. Last year was the the shoe throw heard around the world where at Florida's DB, Marco Wilson threw the shoe, and they lost in that game. This one was purely on Dan Mullen not committing to one single quarterback. Defense not being able to stop a nosebleed, I don't care. I saw a little clip that said their defense is now ordering elite. I don't know if you can call yourself elite if you allow Max Johnson to have a plus 120 QBR and 290 yards on the ground. And also, they lost that bye week now because I think you two put it in the group chat. That's a much more winnable game now than we thought. I agree. And I think that that's, you know, I want to hit on Texas A&M for a second because it cracks me up. But that's immediately what I want to roll into. I don't think there is now a single game on this schedule. Let me say that back. I think there's now one, and I'll tell you which one it is in a minute. But we also saw Clemson struggle with Syracuse on Friday night. And if Dino Babers doesn't make arguably one of the dumbest coaching decisions of all time in that game, which folks, if you didn't watch Syracuse and Clemson on Friday, because you have better things to do on Fridays than watch two ACC teams with a combined six losses play each other. Let me tell you what happened. Clemson is being Clemson. They're struggling like crazy with Syracuse. Syracuse is down by three, about 45 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Well, at this point, about 52 seconds left in the fourth quarter. They're on their own. I think they're on their own 35-ish. It's third and three. They run it. They get two yards. So now it's fourth and one. Dino Babers immediately calls a timeout. Keep in mind, Syracuse has one of the best running backs in the conference. That's like the one thing they're good at. Their kicker missed an extra point at Florida State. And I think he missed one the week before. Not an extra point, but he missed a field goal the week before too. I'm not sure if he – I don't think he kicked one that night. He was two for two on extra points. Hadn't kicked a field goal that night. So instead of trying to get one yard on the ground, and then you'd have about 42, 43 seconds left with a timeout to try to score a touchdown or get closer into field goal range, Dino Babers, after a timeout, elects to kick a 48-yard field goal. His kicker pushes it left. He doesn't make it. And Clemson escaped what is, I believe, their fifth single-score win of the year. It was it was a travesty of coaching, and it's even more of a travesty that 
Clemson is able to keep hobbling along through this season. But what isn't a travesty is how that makes the rest of our schedule look. Andres, I want to get your opinion on it, but first, I do need to tell the folks about prize picks. I had a winning weekend prize picks this weekend, and y'all should get it for next weekend. It's basically daily fantasy, but it's a new spin on it. What it does is instead of picking a team and having them score like traditional fantasy points, you have them uh, – well, let me try to explain this. You basically – have your lineup. You draft three to five players. Each one of those players individually will have a set over or under. So let's say you draft Cam McDonald. It might say over four and a half, over under four and a half catches. So you'll say, okay, I think he's going to go over that. So you do that. Let's say your next one is uh, Spencer Rattler. I know he's not playing, but whatever. It might say over under 220 passing yards. So you might say, well, I think he's going to have a bad game. I'm going to hit under. You do that for all three to five players on your team. If you get all of them right, you win the matchup because the matchup is just you versus prize picks and you win money on your entry. It's a lot of fun. It kind of makes you pay attention to the more granular stats that maybe you wouldn't watch as closely. And it's just a good time. So go to prize picks in the app store, Google apps or Google play store. I guess it's called the app, the Apple app store, go to prizepicks.com. whatever you do. Use promo code locked on when you make your account. That way you get up to a hundred dollars matched on your first deposit. So you put in a hundred, they'll give you a hundred. Price picks. Do it, enjoy it. Thank me later. So most of college football takes an L. We take the dub. And now we have to play the rest of the schedule. So that may change very quickly. We've got UMass this weekend. I don't want to spend any more time breaking down the UMass game. I want to do what we've told our players not to do, right? Like, don't look past UMass. I, I want to look past them. The reality is, I, I won't, I'll be happy if we win this game by 70. I mean, this, this is a really bad football team. The only thing that could make me really hate this game is, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to entertain a Jacksonville State situation. I don't. But is if, they, is if they try to like scrimmage through it, you know, it ends up being some weird, like they only win by like 14 because they tried some stupid stuff. But let's go to the next week. Seeing what you saw on Friday, how are you feeling about the Clemson game? Oh, we should beat Clemson. I'm, I really have no – like I said, I think DJ Wongalele, he's not he, – he's going to be good. He is going to be good. He has the talent, he has the arm. The problem is they don't have any weapons at all whatsoever. Justin Ross, he's good, but he's double-teamed most of the game. Aju Aju, Joseph Nada, those aren't premier wide receiver twos. There's, not, there's no longer a T Higgins there. No longer are Sammy Watkins, DeAndre Hopkins. They don't have those players anymore at all whatsoever. Their running backs, they're down, I think, their RB4, I think, now at this point. They're decimated by injuries. The offensive line is torched. And also, that defense cannot stop the running backs at all whatsoever. And we have a stable of backs from Corbin to Ward to DJ Williams, who apparently is practicing a little bit more, too. And Jordan Travis also with his legs. I really don't see... An issue. Like, I really don't see how we should not be able to beat them. I'm not saying blow them out, obviously, because that defense is still pretty damn good. But I don't see how we just can't pick a number, pick a score, and beat them by maybe ten points. Because quite honestly, that's not a good, that's not a good roster of talent right right there over there. They're they're really hurt, and also the play calling because Dad was taking it over now is not good at all whatsoever. And now you're seeing why he almost got fired after year three. Yeah, I want to just give you all this stat. So Sean Tucker, who is the running back for Syracuse. Averages 6.1 yards on the ground. That's including the Clemson game. Against Clemson, he had 157 yards on 22 attempts. 
averaging 7.1, so a full yard larger than his season average. You got to think that influenced the average. So his average before was probably, I guess I could just do the math on it. He's only on coming for live math. It's like boom, boom, boom. So 948 minus, was that yards? 157s. Oh, yikes. So his average before this game was 5.8, and he averaged 7.1 yards. So Clemson has a bottom-dwelling defense. The other thing is, when I look at the sacks number for Syracuse on defense, they had two sacks. DJ Uangalele was hit a lot more than that. All right. Uh, He had four hurries. One thing I think he does so well that's very reminiscent of Jameis Winston is his lower body is so strong that he makes pressure not look as bad. I mean, some of the times where a guy's hitting him and he still gets the throw off would put a smaller quarterback like a Sam Howell or a Jordan Travis completely into the dirt. I don't think he gets away with that with a Jermaine Johnson rushing him. I think if Jermaine Johnson gets to him five or six times, he's going to sack him probably four or five times. You're not going to get many of those Kier Thomas grabbing your waist and letting you throw it. You're going to get Kier Thomas teeing off on you while Fabian Lovett and 11 both smash into you. I, I would not be surprised if we could put Clemson on the ground seven to ten times with four to five of those being sacks. I mean, I, I think he's going to get hit a lot. I don't think it's going to be a fun night for DJ. That being well, not said, only, not only that, he's not like, like sorry, I'll put it in real okay. quick to you. You know, so he's not very confident right all whatsoever behind that line, and he's not he's reluctant to run down the field, which is really odd and just shows how he just he does not have little to no confidence. So I agree with your thing. Maybe we see four sacks that night, which is really bizarre because he's a good runner, right? When he that seemed to be really I'm looking right now. So okay, so he had 11 carries for 26 yards against Syracuse, but. That's got sacks in there, too. So he figured he was sacked twice, probably for about 20. It just felt like he got like when he ran, he didn't seem that uncomfortable doing it. But, yeah, I was like, dude, just go. This defense is not Mm -hmm. not there. And their defense is very porous. I mean, they just Garrett Schrader went 17 of 37 with a QBR of 66.4. When you hear that the opposing quarterback had those stats, you think you won the game by 24. Yeah. So the fact that their offense is so anemic that they they couldn't even run away with this game when Garrett Schrader was playing absolutely terribly is is bizarre. Moving on though, I, I so I think Clemson. Look, guys, I'm not don't don't say that Locked On Seminoles is telling you we're going to be Clemson. That's not what we're saying, but we're saying that you, me, Drake, Dave, Holly, Holly Stacy, everyone at the beginning of the year thought. This is a 0% chance to win. Throw it on there. Okay, so you're starting 0-1. Where are the wins? And I think now it's legitimately probably a – I'd give us a 35-40% chance of winning this game. Because remember, this is still the same team that took Georgia down to the wire. Like, I'm a big believer, and you can't forget that. And this game's not for two weeks. Like, we don't know who's going to get healthy. If all of a sudden, you know, Clemson starts to be healthier and Uyunglele finds something that clicks – yeah, this team could beat you, but a 35% chance to win this game is way better way than, than what we thought you had in August. <laughs> we had like a 2% chance. Yeah, I, I lit, no, no joke, I had us at zero. Like, I, I was, this is not a contest. The next game is the one, I think, and Drake, feel free to correct me. Guys, we're, we're, we're podcasters, like third, we're humans for second, fans for, I don't know the order, but, you know, I did a cool spreadsheet today that I can't share with y'all because it's about... Actually, I will share it. We'll share it when we talk about the Odell Higgins rumors. Um, But, you know, I I can't research everything. So if I get the schedule on Drake, remind me. But 
I think the next week, NC State is the one game you have no chance of winning. Yeah, we're I not watched, winning that game. I watched them play Boston College, a team I'm still concerned about, by the way. I am worried about Boston College. Uh, they're good. I mean, NC State is a good football team this year. Their coach knows what he's doing. Devin Leary, look, he's not Jameis Winston, but Devin Leary reminds me a lot of Christian Ponder had Ponder stayed healthy. I mean, who, by the way, say whatever you want about Ponder, but remember, the NFL scouts picked him in the first round. He's a first round draft pick for a reason. Like there was potential there. That's who Devin Leary reminds me a lot of. I don't know if that's a fair comp. I hope I'm right on that. I don't think you have a shot to win that game. But again, we're talking about a team that lost to Jacksonville State here. Okay. So we don't want to get too, too crazy just because our rivals lost the bye week. And then you move on from that though in Miami. Drake, let me ask you this. If Miami wore different jerseys to the Miami game and it wasn't Miami where craziness can happen, what do you think the score, how much do you think we win that game by? Probably by 21, 24, 24 points. If we're being completely honest, I mean, the, that team is just, they are the second worst tackling team in the country in FBS. I think they're barely ahead of Old Dominion. And to Dave's surprise, that's what we're really good at. Not that it matters because you don't what, tackle against tackling. Yeah, and that's the one thing we actually are good at, but like it's. You guys probably saw it on video because we're not that good. Can you go to single frame? Folks, I love you. I do this for you. I need a glass of water so badly. It's not ESPN. I can't snap my fingers at someone. Can you go single shot and I'll grab myself a. Uh, do you want me just do you want me just do like do my spiel about Miami then real quick? Why That's what I'm saying. Go to singles. Okay. Yeah, because I can hear you on my speakers as I get yeah. a glass of water. Folks, peeks behind the camera. And if you're not watching on YouTube, because this will get cut out of the podcast, but this will stay in. Folks, you just missed a really hilarious little back and forth. Watch on YouTube for it. Uh, Max is ridiculous, but no, with Miami, the problem with Miami is I, I understand that it's a different sort of beast when you play that. Like I said, I think I want to say last week was that these kids have been playing against each other from Pop Warner through middle school, through high school, and now they go to collegiately. And, it's, and one big thing is that, you know, oh, you left Miami or you left Northern Florida to play, you know, at the rival school. The only issue I have, I watched the UNC game. And to me, UNC, I was one of the biggest believers in them. Max actually was one of the few, along with Kenton Gibbs over Lockdown Wolfpack. I thought they were frauds because they lost so many people. And they're right. UNC is not the team that we thought that they were coming into the year because they lost so many weapons. The only one they have who actually has improved is Sam Howell. So to me, watching the UNC-Miami game didn't tell me anything more from Miami that I already knew at all. It's not a good football team. Tyler Van Dyke is not a good quarterback. If it wasn't for Jake Garcia's injury, Jake Garcia would be the one actually that's starting. And to me with this game, even, if, even though it is like one of the weirder games of, of the schedule, I really honestly do think that we most likely beat Miami by 10 points because they're giving up and Manny Diaz going to get replaced by either Greg Schiano or Lane Kiffin. That's most likely what's going to be what's going to be happening if Red Lashley stays there, doesn't stay there. Oh, man, I got to think that, um, man, dude, that would just be such a dumb move by Lane Kiffin. If he can stay, I think, another year or two and have success, he's on on, on pace to be the next Dan Mullen. I don't think... LSU wants to deal with all the Lane Kiffin-ness. But the next big-time job that opens up, I think Lane will be in consideration. In fact, this is you heard it here first, which I was right about the LSU situation. I wouldn't be surprised if Lane Kiffin is already being talked about as the next Alabama head coach, which, keep in mind, they're talking about... No, no, hear me out. Alabama's... I I have one buddy who's a big Alabama booster. They're looking at... They think Saban's going to be there at least five more years. So they're saying, look, if, if, if Lane wins... Let's say the next five years, right, at Ole Miss. 
Lame wins. What's nine times five? Four. Lame wins anywhere from 42 to 50 games in five years. Like he'd be a very serious prospect for Alabama, I think. And dude, look how long Paterno and Bobby coach. Saban could be there for another 10 years. My point is you've got money in Oxford. You've got buy-in in Oxford. You have a pretty good talent pool to pull from in the Mississippi Delta into Louisiana area. It's easy to get Florida kids. Why would you go to Miami and go to like a complete dumpster fire of a program just to what prove you can do it? Because he it is on record. Like I, I, most of you fans probably know I'm from the South Florida area. One of the big sports reality or sports personalities down here is the Levitard Show. He goes on there. I want to say once a month. You can tell that man misses South Florida so damn much and absolutely hates hates area Mississippi. Oh. Well, I mean. Well, not hates. I'm sorry. Mean, hates in the strong way. I'm saying he prefers where he where he used to be. And but my personal opinion, I don't think he's going to go to there down there mainly because Max is saying there's there's no commitment, not even just for football, but for athletic the department as a whole to support baseball, basketball, and football. To me, I think he probably would go to a different SEC school. I don't know at LSU. I don't think he's going that. I, we'll discuss that later. But I don't think he's may, he's going to be in Ole Miss for very very much longer. The Bama job that's. That's an interesting take. I think Dabo goes down there once Clemson just sort of runs out the clock a little Not bit. After this we'll year. Ladies and gentlemen, sorry to interrupt, but all good things, much like Manny Diaz's career before it began, must come to an end. Well, we recorded too long. We talked for a while. We got super excited talking about winning this past bye week. That we went on for like 45, 50 minutes and – we know you love us just as much as we love you, but it's Monday morning. Ain't nobody got time for that. So I turn my light down a little. So we're going to split this one into a two-parter. Thank you for stopping by with me and Drake today to talk about, again, winning a bye week, the woes of our rivals. Uh, Clemson not looking great. Miami and Florida both losing. Manny Diaz probably on his way out the door and all those other things. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about a little bit of the same, but we're going to get a lot more FSU-centric. We're going to say, look, what do we think the rest of this season looks like? A little bit of schedule prediction. And then we're going to address some of the rumors that have been flying around Twitter about if Coach Orgeron would be a potential candidate to come to Florida State as a defensive line coach. I don't think it's the best idea, but I give you a much more thorough breakdown on why. So thanks for stopping by today and making us your first listen. Remember, We're free across all platforms, whether it's Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Pods, or our newest platform, YouTube. You can find Locked on Seminoles free to you every single weekday, Monday through Friday. We love bringing it to you. We love that you stopped by. I'm Max, and this was Locked on Seminoles. We'll see you all tomorrow.